When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 12 Bears-Packers preview show. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I want to make sure to take a moment here to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. We are recording here on Wednesday evening, and we won't be back in the air until Sunday night. And hopefully, perhaps the Bears will give us some reason uh, to be thankful after this upcoming game against Green Bay. But from the Chicago Audible to your family, a very happy Thanksgiving to you and, uh, and your loved ones. But... Let's get started here. I'm your host, as I mentioned, I'm Will DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Man, how's your break treating you? It seems like you seem refreshed. You're getting some good rest. Life good? Life's good, Will. Just having this little, you know, this little bye week uh, from school, grad school. Been going to the gym and just kind of doing my thing and just taking I'm not taking it for granted, that's for sure. I'm just enjoying each and every day. But, yeah, I, I do feel refreshed, and it's been nice to kind of have this. Absolutely. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most tomorrow, food-wise? That is not ham. Ooh, I, you know I'm a big mashed potatoes guy, and what I like to do, I'll get like biscuits or rolls, and then put mashed potatoes in there, put some ham in there, and just kind of make like a sandwich concoction, and just kind of eat those throughout the day. Honestly, on Thanksgiving. What about yourself? Gee, that's a really good question. I, I'm making some uh, sweet potato casserole that I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's going to have some uh, like pecan crumble on top. Uh, that's going to be fun. Actually, are you cooking anything this year? 
Um, me, I, I don't think anyone wants that well, to be completely <laughs> honest. I might. So this year, I'm definitely going to be more helpful than I usually am. I mean, just with, with the last couple times the Bears have been playing. So um, I've just been, I guess, time time has been occupied elsewhere. But I will definitely be in the kitchen more. And I'll, I'll update you if I do cook anything. It probably won't be good, though. Just curious. Yeah, I know. I think that is one reason, though, to be thankful is that the Bears do not have a Thanksgiving game. I think we would all prefer to keep that uh, outside of the equation. So lucky for us, the schedule worked out. But Nick, let's go ahead and begin this week's game preview as the Bears aim to stop the bleeding after four straight losses before the bye week. A win here does put them within one game of first place in the North. A loss would drop them down to three games with only five games remaining on the schedule so obviously it's a big pivotal game one way or the other that will kind of define how the rest of the season will probably play out but Nick interestingly enough here it's week 12 and it's our first matchup against the Packers usually happens a little bit later so as we've had all season to kind of look at them what's your initial perception of the Green Bay Packers heading into this week? Yeah, they're a team that's um, obviously competing to make a run in the playoffs. They're clear-cut best team in the NFC North, someone that's had the Bears number for, for years now, really, and just a, a team that really goes through Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers can take you far places, to be completely honest. Um, so it's a team that we're all too familiar with, and we're all too familiar with the results that come from these games usually will. So that's what I think about the Green Bay Packers. I was actually, I took Brady, my puppy, to the dog park the other day. And this other this other older gentleman was there. He's like, and he saw my Bears hoodie. He's like, man, we just need to get a win. I'm tired of those guys up north. I've been a season ticket holder for 46 years. I'm tired of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it too. And I'm not even half your age, but... Like I think that's the the feeling of just the the Bears Packers rivalry, right? It's I don't even know if you can call it that with how one sided it's been, but that's been I guess the initial perception of the Packers are just a team that's had the Bears number for a long time now. Yeah, they really they really have. Uh, on top of obviously just the Bears being in the wrong end of these things, uh, I did notice that the Bears are one and six against the Packers on Sunday night. Uh, they've lost the last four Sunday night meetings between these two. Uh, under Matt LaFleur, they're 5-0 and um, after a loss in his two seasons. And Matt Nagy, he's 0-2 after his bye weeks. So. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. It's one of those where everything just kind of adds up in one uh, direction. When I look at Green Bay, obviously they have a high-octane offense, third-highest scoring offense in the NFL. Rodgers is playing some efficient ball, and that defense is tough enough, which doesn't take a lot against this Bears offense, but... Yeah, it's going to be a big test uh, on many different degrees. But let's jump in and talk about, uh, well, I guess a general one would be, I don't know, is there anything you wanted to say about the Packers having our number? I know the Packers have won, I think, 17 of the last 20 meetings. It's been a very poor decade uh, for the Bears in this rivalry. And I don't know if this is the week to get our hopes up that things could change, but uh, it has been tough sledding for us on this podcast uh, with these Green Bay losses. Some of them kind of 
loom a little larger, you know, deflate the balloon a little bit more than some of the other ones. There's been a few long late nights. I'm fearing we're going to have another long night Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, right now the series uh, all-time 99-95-6 in favor of the Packers, and this is the 200th meeting, if I'm not mistaken, between between these two teams. So historic rivalry, no doubt, in a lot of history, but you're right, Will. A lot of these games that we remember unfortunately are on you know the bad end the last game i mean the last game that i've been to or the one that actually counted between this rivalry i actually saw a bears victory which obviously doesn't come very often and that was week what 15 in 2018 where they clinched the division so it means a lot and it would just it would be great to see the bears actually do something in prime time against the packers and you know just show that they can salvage maybe whatever's left of the season but we're not going to get our hopes up. This is a Bears team that's trending in the wrong direction. It's a Packers team coming off a loss to the Colts. You know they're going to be extra motivated to beat the Pack or beat the Bears at home. So it's just, it's a it's a rivalry, like I said, but it's been way too one sided to really get get your hopes up. I guess for for a game like this, you could be excited throughout the week. Bears Packers week, right? Lower expectations on game day because that's just how it's been for a very long time now. Hopefully it's not a game where it's halftime and we're already wanting to, you know, do the post-game show. We know how that thing is going. Hopefully it's a it's a battle throughout uh, and competitive. I think we need to see some competitiveness from this team. Uh, on top of that, just looking at how these things are going to shake up, just looking at the Bears' offense in general, uh, we kind of had a, a lukewarm quarterback answer this afternoon. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, was the one that took all the reps in practice today. Um, but there's no official word if he will be the starter. Nick Foles is still considered, as Nagy said, day-to-day. So he's not committing to Mitch, although all signs point to 10, uh, getting back into the swing of things this week. Uh, Does it matter who's under center, Nick? I think it does somewhat, um, but I'm just curious your thoughts here as, again, we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback, which is always an interesting situation to be in. We have actually been this way since uh, entering the first week almost. Yeah, absolutely. And I to, to answer your question, Will, does it matter? I don't really think so. Um, we've seen both quarterbacks play, and they both have not played at a nearly good enough level for this Bears team to actually be successful on offense. But I will say this. with It looks like signs are pointing towards Trubisky playing this game just due to health. And I think that was a big thing Matt Nagy said today. It's all about availability. And right now, Trubisky is the one that's available. He's the one that's practiced. And I... I will be completely honest. If he's playing, I think I'm a little bit more excited about the game. I Again, not maybe for the result that may happen, but just having Trubisky back there, what we've seen the past eight weeks with, with Nick Foles, really, it hasn't been obviously very good for, for the Spurs offense. And it might not be better with Trubisky, but something about ha- seeing number 10 out there again and the option to escape the pocket, extend plays with his legs, does um, entice me a little bit. So... I'm hoping we see 10, to be completely honest, but, you know, Nagy, I guess, didn't actually give an answer, but it looks like it's going to be Trubisky. I like it, too. Uh, just for the reason why we're okay when they switch the foals, hopefully this does provide a spark. Um, and on top of that, too, I want to see what a pissed-off Mitch can, like, what What can he do? Can he just play loose? Like, what does he have to lose at this point? He doesn't have the pressure of holding on to the position. He knows, you know, one way or the other. I just have to perform. And if he plays with a, a bigger chip on, you know, either of those two injured shoulders, well, one's healed from last year, now it's his right one. I don't care which one, but 
it would be interesting to see what he can do. And maybe if he can just take care of Green Bay, uh, it would be enough for maybe this would be like not the salvaging moment for Mitch. Obviously, his time in Chicago after this year, uh, it's already kind of written up on the wall. But maybe you'd be like, hey, you know, remember when Mitch had a spot start and he, he beat the Packers? That was a highlight. Uh, that would be a cool way to kind of go about it. But like you, Nick, offensively may not matter all too much in terms of production. That offensive line is not helping. I do think if this offense in general, though, does what they did with Mitch early on this season, maybe that could help them out, you know, more under center. Uh, and I know there's some good stats for this offense when they have gone under center this season and just getting Mitch outside of the pocket, get him on the move uh, and see if that can maybe help combat uh, that woeful offensive line that they have in front of them. And it can't get much worse in Foles. He had seven starts this year. In seven starts, the Bears have only mustered on offense nine touchdowns. That's, I, I again, we know this. Everyone knows how bad the Bears offense is, and I don't know if it can get uh, much worse. I do know, though, Nick, uh, looking at the rushing attack, I know we get David Montgomery back, which is exciting, uh, and the Bears averaged five yards per carry when Mitch was the starter, dropped that down to below 2.87. Do you think if they go back to the offense we saw with Mitch a little bit more, we could see an uptick with the Dave, uh, healthy David Montgomery, or is that more of everything we saw up front, right? The COVID on the offensive line, the injuries up front, losing a James Daniels. I think there's a lot in the equation, but still the fact that you almost drop your rushing totals with two different quarterbacks is still interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, and that would be a very large, complicated equation that I would have no idea solving there, Will, but I think it does. It could help because defenses have to account for Trubisky being mobile and getting outside the pocket, but I will add another player that was a part with Trubisky that's no longer going to be here if he, if he does start on Sunday, and that's James Daniels at left guard, who I think was playing better in the first two weeks, obviously gone for the rest of the season with that torn pectoral injury, but it doesn't, it can't hurt you. Like, this this rushing attacks already last in the league. It can't get any worse statistically because they're already last. So I think they could maybe see an uptick in, in their, their rushing totals. Green Bay is just not a very good team in terms of tackling um, right now. And David Montgomery it obviously is one of the better running backs in the league at forcing missed tackles. Uh, according to ESPN Packers reporter Rob Davowski, in the game against the Colts, the Packers allowed 72 of the 140 rushing yards, 51.4% will, after first contact. And we know David Montgomery, he's tied for fifth among amongst running backs and avoided tackles on both rushes and receptions. So it's a perfect recipe to maybe see David Montgomery have a good game um, this again on Sunday night. But we'll, we'll see if that actually can be a factor because we know it, it, the Bears can face a really bad rushing defense. But this offense will find a way to not be able to take advantage of what the defense has really given them. Yeah, they've allowed teams to have rushers for over 90 yards against them, Green Bay has, in uh, each of their last six games. The Bears are coming off a game, again, no David Montgomery, but only 41 yards on the ground. Uh, I know David's great at breaking tackles, getting yards after it. My question would be, where's that contact going to happen? Is it going to happen two yards behind the line of scrimmage? Can it happen a yard or two? past it and if it's the opposite if it's actually one where we're getting some forward momentum first then maybe we can see some yards put up on the ground but if he's still getting contacted in the backfield like we saw almost all season long and then I don't think it's going to matter because you can have you know four yards afterward and it's still a two-yard rush Uh, so really it's going to depend on that is this a game where you would expect the Bears to 
at least attempt to establish a run? And if they do, would it be what we've seen over the last few weeks? Or do you think they do try moving things under center a little bit more? I think you should. It would be if you are self-scouting and you saw that working in the first couple of weeks and you kind of deviated away from it, why not go back to it, put J.P. Holtz back there, go back fullback mode and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's I think that would be, you know, put it would put the Bears offense in this team in a position I think just to make this competitive. I don't want to say they're going to win the game, but just to make it at least competitive on the offensive side of the ball. When you look at the Packers' three losses, each of those three teams ran the ball for over 30 rushing attempts. And maybe this is a game where look, even if you're not getting maybe the most efficient yardage early on, you still got to try to commit to it to maybe set things up later. I I well, I went back and watched what the Bears and Packers game in 2018 where they actually won, what they kind of did in that game to see if they can maybe implement some of the same things that they're in this season, in this game. A lot You see a lot more RPOs in that one. You see these quick little passes for Trubisky, and uh, one thing that they won't have, unfortunately, was like Tariq Cohn had a big day against the mm. Packers in that, that game in 2018, and Allen Robinson had a lot of yards after a catch. I know I'm going all over, but I'm just trying to see – exactly how the the Bears looked better on offense that day and Trubisky had two passing touchdowns he hasn't had that in the other three games two passing touchdowns two total touchdowns is the most he's had in a game against the Packers and you haven't seen any of that happen in the other three games so a lot of factors go into it but maybe implementing more of those RPOs to slow things down for Trubisky get those defenders to kind of think about it and then a quick hitter to whoever's over the middle or give it off to David Montgomery but Maybe they implement a little bit of that, go back to their old blocking scheme and what they were doing just philosophically in the first two weeks. That could help because, again, they can't get any worse than where they're currently at. Yeah, and if they do the quick passing, they need to find ways to do it, getting guys the ball in space, either with blocking out there as well or just schematically just getting them. Because it feels like they always get sucked to the sideline. Like whenever they want to throw it, they're throwing it to the sideline, finding a way to get some yards over the middle of the field where guys can maybe do something a little bit more after the catch uh, is what I'm hoping to see. And then, of course, I think David Montgomery as a receiver uh, could have himself uh, a bigger impact as well. Uh, again, if they can't run the ball, they're going to have to find a way to give him some touches. And that's, of course, the easiest way to do so. Is there any other items on offense you want to discuss? I know obviously the biggest talking point that we haven't mentioned yet uh, would be the Jimmy Graham revenge game that's going to be occurring here, the second one of the season actually because we already faced the Saints, but uh, I don't know. Is there anything else? I don't think there's really any stock in that kind of um, too much. I don't think he's going to play with an extra chip on his shoulder for going up against Green Bay or anything, but is there anything else on offense that you want to discuss? Yeah, I mean, he might well. Um, he's a very passionate guy, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. He did not practice today. I think that was just due to a veteran uh, day off. So I don't. I think obviously we'll see number eighty out on the field for the Bears. But it, it would be nice to see you know these tight ends actually get involved. Like we we've been waiting to actually see this happen for a long, long time. And Bill Lazor, I think you know what some that we could talk about. Will mm-hmm. is if Mitch Trubisky is the starter on Sunday. Now he has a new offensive coordinator in Bill Lazor. How's that going to, you know, play into um, what the Bears do schematically and what their game plan is? It is someone that Trubisky obviously hasn't had before calling plays. Uh, Very similar results to, you know, what Matt Nagy was calling, just stuff that doesn't work. But you still got to account for those things. He's not used to Bill Lazor like he was Matt Nagy for the past two years. But just something to to look out for. Um, 
and we'll see how that kind of plays out. But yeah, offensively, look, we're we're just hoping to see something better because what we've been watching the past this whole season and even last season's been atrocious. And it'd be nice to see some rhythm, some some actual you know drives being sustained and points. You know, points would be nice. And, and look, Cairo Santos had a great season, but actual offensive points will so do i think it'll happen against the packers on sunday night football with them coming you know off a, a bad loss to the colts not really but it'd be great to see would be actually i think that is an interesting wrinkle you threw in there with this being uh well bill laser his second game where he is gonna be calling plays and he has another, a different quarterback so how would that change his approach and can he perhaps call plays for trubisky that can set him up for success unlike Matt Nagy, how that was always tending to be a struggle. I think that would be an interesting one to watch out for as well. Just how does Bill Lazor approach Mitch at QB differently than Matt Nagy, if at all differently? And I think that would be, again, an interesting wrinkle, uh, a story within a story. Everyone's talking about Mitch maybe coming back. Well, what about Bill Lazor? Can he get more out of him uh, just based off of the play calls? So that's that's an interesting one. That, a good call on that uh you want to move over to defense i I feel like we need a we need to kind of change it up over here yeah one last thing Mm -hmm. get better on third downs four of 26 in their last two games well that again atrocious stats you know um associated with the offense but third down let's see if especially on third down how bill laser and matt or bill laser and mitch trubisky can maybe uh, look have an answer for the blitz they didn't have anything against um an answer against the the minnesota vikings maybe third down can improve or just look for improvement because four of 26 in the last two games has been awful well like you said earlier right it can't get much worse uh i mean we felt that uh the third down woes tremendously uh over the last couple of weeks it it's one of those issues that really makes watching some of these games unbearable at times because you know as soon as they're in a third down like well we're punting and you already know what's going to be happening and yeah obviously Improvement on on the money down uh, would be huge. Uh, Helps time possession, helps sustain drives, of course. And again, the more times you can convert on third down, the better your odds are of actually putting up points. It's a real simple football strategy. I don't even know if it's a strategy, just conceptual how the game plays. But all right, moving on to the Bears defense. (laughs) I think one of our bigger topics this week um, is the fact that Eddie Jackson did go on the COVID reserve list. Now, he didn't contract the virus. Uh, he was just a close contact to someone outside of the team that did. So more than likely, as long as he keeps putting in negative tests, he could be back in the building on Saturday. Uh, but still, that's technically two bye weeks then for Eddie Jackson. I know he can be engaged at home, uh, watching film and being a part of the meetings and everything like that. He may not be uh, a player that needs a full week of on-field practice to be uh, effective on game day but Nick do you see this having a, a negative effect if he does play obviously if he doesn't we know that's a negative effect but do you think this could have an impact on the game since he's unable to be in the building um it definitely could I mean I think guys get into a routine once they're in you know week 12 of the season right you go to the practice field you know what you have to do you get in this routine of things and when you break that in in more than halfway this point of the season you could get you out of rhythm but Look, A. Jackson is a professional. He's now a veteran in this league. He knows what it takes to get his body right and just the mental preparation with the X and O's to to be ready for a game. So if Eddie Jackson is able to go, which I think he will be come Sunday night, I think he'll be ready. He'll know he won't you won't see him blow assignments or anything like that. You would hope not. But 
Um, I think it, you know, if this was maybe a younger player who's still trying to get accustomed to things and this is first year in the league, yeah, it definitely can be something where it can uh, affect the results on the field. But even if it was, let's say, Deion Bush in place of, of Eddie Jackson, I'd still feel comfortable that it's a guy that would know the system, knows the guys around him, and would be able to execute the play calls that Chuck Pagano is calling. But I think Eddie Jackson will be just fine for this one. Wow, Dion Bush. When's the last time we actually mentioned his name on the show? It's it's been a while, Will. Um look, I mean I guess that means Deshaun Gibson's doing his job somewhat, but yeah, it has been a been a while since I've been able to mention that guy and I'm glad I was able to. Right? Yeah. It's always nice when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think Jackson be fine, but again, I think that was it's the bigger name on defense and honestly with this defense there hasn't been much news, uh, which is a good thing uh, for the most part here. Uh, looking at the Packers, though, specifically, I think Aaron Rodgers, he's playing very efficient football this year. He does lead the NFL with 115.8 passer rating, uh, which would be the second highest of his career. He's only been sacked 11 times. He's completing about 68% of his passes, which is his highest mark since 20, 2011. Yeah, 2011, 2011. So since I was in high school, uh, he has 29 touchdowns, only four interceptions, and his yards per attempt is the highest mark since 2014. And he's also throwing touchdowns on 8% of his passes. So almost one in every 10 throws is ending up in the end zone uh, as a touchdown for Green Bay. And obviously the Bears, we've seen them do a pretty good job against him over the last three games. They've only allowed him to a 78.3 passer rating and only two total touchdowns. So Nick, when you're watching Aaron Rodgers this year, is there anything different that you're seeing out of him that the Bears should be keeping uh, tabs on and maybe slightly alter their approach on how they prepare for him compared to the past or are you expecting or hoping for more or less th- of the same you know the, the Bears like you mentioned and the stats kind of back it up they played Aaron Rodgers I think pretty competitively pretty well but you know I want to say what what the Colts did in the second half of their game which kind of helped them get that victory against the Packers. They were up 28 to 14 will going into halftime. And the Packers only scored 3 points in the second half in the fourth quarter. And what I was seeing what they were doing, they were just limiting Aaron Rodgers um, and that Packers offense, they were limiting the big plays happening, especially on first down. So then when it got to second and third down, it was either a run to Aaron Jones or something that didn't quite get them enough to convert the chains. And then there was just really really tight coverage and with the corners and the secondary that the Bears has outside of maybe Buster Screen right now, Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson can do that job. So I think it hasn't been really anything different with Aaron Rodgers. He's still effective, can make all the throws, and can get outside the pocket, and that's where he can arguably is even most the most dangerous. So it's not that I've seen anything different. He's still very efficient and can kill you in any single play. But what I just saw from the Colts in that second half, Again, they limited the big gains on first down. They played tight coverage, and they were bringing Darius Leonard a couple times on the blitz on third down. And we know Roquan Smith has been playing absolutely crazy, phenomenal football lately. I wonder if Chuck Pagano could do something like that to Aaron Rodgers on a third down situation to speed up his mental clock to maybe force an incompletion or just force an errant throw. And Roquan Smith would be a perfect candidate to send the blitz, just like the Colts did last week with Darius Leonard. All right. I like that a lot. I think um, you can tell me if this is going to spoil something later on the show. Um, and if it's so, we can I can pause and we can talk about it later. But Devontae Adams actually lined up in the slot is my one of my bigger concerns. We saw it last season, uh, well, multiple times. Uh, and obviously, oh, I think, what, 30% of all of his 
snaps actually come in the slot. And we saw Minnesota kind of make that adjustment too, that uh, pick on Buster seems to be the mantra. And obviously when you look at the Bears defense, that's a, a easy strategy for any offense. I'm assuming I may be doing a slight spoiler alert, so I may want to pause, but I'm just letting you know as I'm looking at the roster, it's what's on my mind. Yeah, no, well, that is definitely in my notes as well, and it is in a later portion of the show. But, hey, that's if – if we're thinking it, then you know the Packers are thinking it, and this is just going to be a huge focal point and maybe a determination of how the Packers can exploit the Bears defense. But we won't give it away too easily, but, yep, I'm on the same page with you. Um, other than that, I'm just kind of looking around. Uh, Akeem Hicks being out still is one of my – uh, bigger concerns. I know that uh, Green Bay uses both running backs, uh, Williams, uh, as well as, uh, geez, what's the other name? It's escaping me right now. Well, you know why you haven't heard about Aaron Jones lately? The last time they've had a 100-yard rusher was week two. So a 168-yard game in week two, and that was the last time the Packers have had a running back rush for 100 yards. So um, they rushed for just 66 yards on 18 carries last Sunday against the Colts, but yeah, Aaron Jones has been a non-factor um, in, in terms of the the production as of later in terms of like getting those hundred yard games. And without Akeem Hicks, we saw what happened, you know, just last Sunday when when he went out. What Dalvin Cook was able to do, the Bears had him in check for the entire game. Akeem Hicks and leaves the game with that hamstring injury. Guess what? Dalvin Cook's actually getting some good yardage. Don't let this be the game where Aaron Jones goes off because Akeem Hicks, and he didn't practice today. And we don't know what his status is going to be for, for this Sunday night, but that that's definitely going to be a storyline for this Bears defense, what it looks like with and without Akeem Hicks. And we saw that the Bears have done a great job against Dalvin Cook for the entire game, did a fantastic job at stopping Derrick Henry. They've been on an uptick with mm-hmm. this with their rushing defense. So, yeah, if, if Akeem Hicks can't go, that's a little concerning with what Aaron Jones hasn't been able to do. This could be the game. Yeah, both backs, at least combined, they do average collectively over 100 yards per game. Green Bay does like to feed both of the horses back there. And like you said, uh, you took it. I mean, obviously, Akeem Hicks, if he can't go, we saw exactly what happened without him when he exited that game. And uh, that's one of those you know, interesting matchups to pay attention to because the Bears need him out there uh, for the energy, for the passion, and really just uh, from the caliber of a player that he is. And he also does lead the team uh, with 14 quarterback hits. So if you want to kind of, you know, put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, Akeem Mix has been one of the best Bears, or actually been the best Bear, actually getting to and at least getting a hit on quarterbacks, uh, which, again, that's been tough for opponents going up against the Packers. And if you lose someone like Akeem Hicks, it's only going to get uh, even more difficult uh, without him. Um, but Nick, is there anything else on this Bears defense specifically uh, that you wanted to discuss here on the show? You know, uh, it's Jalen Johnson. He said before the draft that he has been looking forward to going one-on-one against Devontae Adams. Here is his opportunity yep. now. Because when he said that and, you know, the Bears ended up drafting him, was like, hey, guess what? Jalen Johnson, you're going to get to guard this guy twice a year for the next who knows how many years now. And now this is his opportunity, so that's one I, I'm excited to see. And we know, like you mentioned, Will, like Devontae Adams will line up in slot, but no doubt majority of his snaps are out wide. When he's against Jalen Johnson, the guy that you know he admires as a receiver, he loves everything he does, but has he's been looking forward to this matchup for a very long very long time. Let's see how it plays out on Sunday night. Yeah, that's this is one that we've been kind of waiting for for some time, and 
Obviously, Adams, he has uh, the third most in the NFL, uh, third most first downs gained uh, for receivers at 44. When he is targeted, Aaron Rodgers has a 136 passer rating, which is the highest of any uh, wideout quarterback duo in the NFL this season. He's catching about 78% of his targets. He also has eight touchdowns in the last five games. So this is a big matchup, and you know that Johnson's been looking for it. I can't wait to see what he can do in some of those situations. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And uh, I'll save my other note to probably supplement one of your points later on here um, in the show um but yeah no that's that's a matchup again i don't think it's going to be one of your backbreaking matchups later but it is a fun one to watch because of uh some of the verbal uh i guess items that were spoken upon here earlier on in the offseason before the draft even took place and again whenever you call out a receiver by name before you even drafted you know he has and now you're in his division you know he has that somewhere in his locker, and he's waiting. He's been waiting for this one too. Adams has. So this is going to be uh, a really uh, interesting matchup to watch as well. But moving over to the Bears special teams topic of the week, I guess would be the new returner yet again, Nick DeAndre Carter, uh, who the Bears claimed off of waivers uh, last week. He's now on the active roster uh, in his career, 59 career punt returns, averaging about 9.5 yards per per return over his career. This should remove Anthony Miller from these duties, who kind of did it in a, a spot situation when Harris went down. Um, but to me, that's the biggest special teams least topic of anything that's new. Uh, is there anything you want to add about that or any, any other special teams points you want to make? Yeah, I think for, for special teams, I want to see Cairo Santos kind of continue um, his his consecutive field goals made. He's at 13 straight right now. Hasn't missed a field goal since week three. So he's been, he's been on fire and um, he's been a very consistent force for the bears, which hasn't been the case for really anything on the bears offense uh, this season. And also just to look on the other side for special teams, Darius Shepard last week against the Indianapolis Colts fumbled on a kickoff. Um, Look, the, the Packers were fumbling the ball all day uh, on last Sunday against Colts. Three fumbles, four total turnovers. But something to keep in mind to see who, if if Shepard is still being uh, labeled as a kick returner, but if he is, hey, he just fumbled last weekend. Maybe he can do it again this upcoming Sunday. But just looking to see if Cairo Santos can really just add on to the consecutive field goals. I think for the Bears right now, Robbie Gold has that, that record for 26, I believe, 26 consecutive field goals. Hey, Cairo Santos, if this Bears offense can't get into the end zone, keep, you know, just being ready for those field goal opportunities if, you know, if the Bears can actually get them close enough. Yeah, uh, that's the big if uh, for sure. Good points there, Nick. Uh, Moving on down, let's talk about our Week 12 X-Factors here, starting with the Bears offense. Nick, who's going to be your X-Factor? The X-Factor, I think, is going to be Mitch Trubisky, but I just wrote down as my X-Factor being the QB needs to be a contributor. Like I mentioned earlier on the show, there's only been one game in the Matt Nagy era where Trubisky has accounted for more than one touchdown, and that was 2018 where he had two passing touchdowns. But 
the quarterback just needs to be a factor in this game. And if Trubisky can do that, you know, obviously if he's a starter with his legs, just completing, um, you know, completing passages, extending plays, the Bears will have a much higher chance of making this game competitive. And in last week's loss against the Indianapolis Colts, you saw both the Smiths, Zadarius and Preston, offsides or there was I think five penalties called just between those two players with offside penalties neutral zone infraction whatever it may be and we've seen Mitch Trubisky actually do some good things with the hard count maybe this is a game where obviously there's no fan there's not going to be any fans or anything but can you get these two guys that were a little jumpy last weekend to jump offsides and give you those free five yards so my x factor just Trubisky the quarterback just being an actual factor in this game and you know, they haven't played very well um, this whole season, but especially against the Packers. Let's see if that can possibly change this Sunday. I'm not, not going to put all my money on it, but that would be, that. Would, like I said, it will make the game a little bit more competitive. Yeah, it definitely would, wouldn't hurt. Uh, it's interesting because, like with Mitch, I, I mean, everything comes back into the equation. Uh, his targets, so receivers, tight ends, they're going to have to get used to a different ball delivery yet again because, I mean, Foles has a much more, uh, you know, touch on his throws compared to Mitch, who is a little bit more with the velocity. So all these things, uh, you know, they do change a little bit. So uh, I think he is probably the end-all, be-all X-factor if he goes out there and play. I'll just kind of supplement what we talked about earlier just briefly, and I'll throw mine to Bill Lazor for round two. Uh, in my notes for him, I just talked about it being his second game. What lessons did he learn Call you know calling plays his first time. He had an extra week to kind of dive into it a little bit more, and I'm hopeful that he can find some lessons that you know Matt Nagy's had a hard time finding himself. Uh, and also with a different quarterback, how does it change it? Uh, the overall game plan, and can he be the one like we mentioned to maybe boost your X factor in Mitch and actually get more out of him and tailor the offense that. Maybe even go back to what we saw preseason Mitch's rookie year. You know, the real simple stuff that kind of just tailors to his skill set. And, you know, even if it's not the most complex stuff, at least Mitch is comfortable. And he's, you're again, you're trying to exploit some of his strengths and put them on display. So, for me, it will be Bill Lazor in his round two of calling plays on offense. Moving over to our defensive X-Factors. Nick, who do you got? Yeah, so it's not who, but what the defense has to do. And it's really taking away or trying your best to take away Devontae Adams. In the four games um, in the Matt Nagy, since he became head coach, two 100-yard games, two touchdowns, been targeted eight or more times in each of those four games. So I think the big thing for this Bears defense is if you can try to make the other guys on the Packers beat you, that's going to put you and this defense in a position to hopefully get some turnovers and actually get off the field in three and outs and things like that. You look at second and targets, like uh, here's a stat line for, for Devontae Adams, 68 receptions, 89 targets, 847 yards, 10 touchdowns. And you mentioned the receiving uh, first downs. He has 44, which is uh, no other team on the Packers has even 20. So they're targeting him often. He is the go-to guy. But you look at the other guys – they're not even close in terms of stats when you when you look at it. Second in targets, Marquez Valdez-Scanley, 51, and Devontae Adams has 89. Second in touchdowns, Robert Tunyon, 6. Again, Adams has 10. Second in receptions, Robert Tunyon and Aaron Jones have 32. 68 receptions for Devontae Adams. So a majority of, of all the, the plays, the big plays, they're going to go to Devontae Adams. If you could somehow take that away, mitigate the damage there, make everybody else beat you you saw what happened last week 
against the Colts and Packers. Marquez Valdez-Scanley has a huge reception to even get the Packers in a situation to kick the field goal, but he also has the fumble that ends up losing the game. So put the ball in everybody else's hands other than Devontae Adams and see what happens. I like that. I like that a lot. I think if you take yours and you throw in mine, which is going to be Roquan Smith, and he, if he can handle both of the running backs, then I think Green Bay's offense is in trouble. Uh, Roquan, as we know, he's been so much fun to watch week in, week out, really just starting to hit his stride and you know, one of the best, if not the best, inside linebacker right now in the NFL. Uh, second in the league with 15 tackles for a loss, third in total tackles, and he's had some big games against some running backs here over the last couple uh, for the Bears. And for Green Bay, both their backs, Williams um, as well as, geez, it's not Adams. Who is it, Nick? For the last time, I need to write this down. It's on the bottom of my notes for later. It is Jones. Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, AJ. I can remember that. Aaron Jones. I should know this. There you go. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> last day of work, though, for the week, so that's exciting for We're thinking me. about Thanksgiving. We're thinking about Thanksgiving. I'm, like This dude, game I'm is starving. on Sunday I, I night. I didn't eat before the oh show. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait right yeah no i didn't eat either so yeah that's um, food is on my mind too well so don't worry about it <laughs> right we're good here but uh for roquan he has to have a big game against both these backs they're rotated and you're used all over the offense uh, they both combine for over 50 percent of the team's touch share if you combine them uh, together both are atop of the team in total touches uh 10 touchdowns combined and over 470 yards receiving as well as 860 yards on the ground so these two backs, if you put them as one, uh, would be you know the most prolific back in the NFL, and they're both right there in the backfield. So it doesn't matter if it's Williams, doesn't matter if it's Jones. Uh, Roquan needs to just be playing how he has been uh, for the last month, month and a half, and if so, he can lock them down as receivers as well as runners. And if you can also bring in yours to the equation, Nick, and do your best against Adams, that should really hold back and handcuff this Green Bay Packers offense from doing from what they want to do. It's it's Adams, and then it's these backs, and then it just kind of gets real hairy real quick for him. So uh, I like where you went, throw in mine, and that's a pretty good game plan for the Bears. Uh, Nick, obviously the real X factors are the ones that make a huge difference to our show. Uh, the listeners have given their support with their generous donations. I don't know if we have any shout-outs. I know we did some on Sunday. Um, if we do, awesome. I don't over here on the PayPal side. But if not, we can just let people know how they can get a shout-out in next week's preview. Yeah, so to if you want to get a shout-out on the next preview show, here's how you can make that happen through Venmo or PayPal. If you send us any type of donation, we'll give you a shout-out. And you can do that at Venmo at the Chicago Audible. should see my name and the Chicago Audible logo on PayPal. That's www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. One more time, if you want to shout out on the next preview show, uh, you can do it through Venmo at the Chicago Audible or PayPal, www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Awesome stuff. Let's keep rolling down through our Thanksgiving week preview, and it's time to get into our back-breaking matchups of the week. Looking for this Bears offense, uh, well, it's hard to not go with Darius Smith versus Leno Jr., and... Rashad Coward again? I don't know. Or is it going to be Spriggs? We'll see. Uh, but either way, uh, it's not looking pretty. Uh, Smith, he has four sacks coming off each edge. He lines up on both sides. So he's going to be uh, back and forth all game long. His eight sacks lead the team, which is also the third most of edge rushers in the NFL. He's also one of the better guys uh, at the edge in terms of stopping the run. It's going to be really hard for the Bears to get to the outside 
uh, wherever Zadarius Smith uh, is lined up. Uh, so for those reasons, uh, again, getting after QBs against either of our tackles, uh, as well as his ability to stop the run, is why this is my back-breaking matchup. And I also want to take a moment, though, to mention a name, I think, here that fans uh, should be keeping an eye on. That's Rashawn Gary. He also plays edge for Green Bay. He's like their third guy in the rotation, and he's been kind of getting a lot better over the last few weeks. He has 11 total pressures uh, over his last two games, which is the second most in the NFL over that time span. He's not getting a lot of sack totals, but he's been affecting quarterbacks, making them hurry up through the progression, get them off their mark. And we all know uh, with Mitch, uh, pressure is something that he does struggle with. Uh, so for me, Zadarius Smith, of course, is the big name to pay attention to. Um, but I can see a guy on Sunday night in this rivalry game, Rashawn Gary, who's not a big name, um, but could end up being uh, sneaky disruptive for our Bears offense. I just want to make sure to give that uh, a note there. But how about you, Nick? Who's going to be uh, your backbreaker on defense? I'm, I'm just, I'm dying to find out. Yeah, you're dying to find out. But we were definitely alluding to him earlier, Will, and that's Buster Screen versus whoever is in the slot. And Devontae Adams, like we mentioned before in this podcast, he will line up there. You look until last week's matchup, or last week's, last year's matchup in Week 15, Devontae Adams torched him for a touchdown. Buster Screen was nowhere in place. And you look at the last two games for Buster Screen, giving up a total of three touchdowns, two to Adam Thielen, one to A.J. Brown. And in the last three games, he's been targeted 12 times, Buster Screen. He's given up 12 receptions, Will. And when was the last time, if you had to guess, Will, when was the last time you had a PBU? If you had to guess uh, what week? Is it last year? No, well, it's pretty darn close. It's week one, and he's got one PBU on the season. So, um, Buster Screen's going to be the guy. And look, this has been a common thing for opposing offenses. They're like, "Where's the weak link on this Bears defense?" It's a pretty stout group. Oh, there he is. It's it's Buster Screen as a nickel corner position. And you know, I was wondering, like, with how he played the last two weeks against the Vikings, Titans, can the Bears look at one of their younger guys to see if they can get more out of him? And doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but and, and since it isn't, he needs to be ready. He's going to be targeted. He hasn't been playing very well as of late, and with Devontae Adams being in the slot, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, if he has to, whoever's in the slot, he needs to be ready. He's going to be targeted, and I just gave you the stats. He hasn't done very well, so that's easily the back-breaking matchup. The, the, the other 10 players on this defense can do everything perfect, and then it could just be a simple you know, a route where whoever's running it gets that reception, gets that first down, keeps his defense on the field. But it's definitely going to be buster screen versus whoever is in the slot. Yeah, and what they do with Adams in the slot that I think is going to really just be a deciding factor is they like to send him on a lot of wheel routes where all he's doing is going horizontal and then up the sideline. And we all know we've seen teams do this against buster screen, throwing in a little bit of traffic in his way and, uh, he just can't keep up, and with going up the likes of Adams, it's and the accuracy of Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be you know pinpoint precision. And if again, if he can just get his head around, maybe you can actually knock another ball and get a PPU tallied for him. But yeah, those wheel routes because they like to you know keep him closer to the line of scrimmage, and that way he has more room to work with instead of just having him line up along the boundary anyway. I think is a, another thing to kind of keep an eye out to see if that does exploit. A buster screen and maybe hey maybe the bears play a little bit more zone and then they get some more help on some of those routes instead of a pure man uh, coverage which may help um, but also we'll, we'll find out here sooner rather than later 
All right, Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge. Uh, and you're up first. You have the Bears rushing attack versus that Packers run defense. Look, well, uh, even with David Montgomery back, it's um, it's great to have him, but this Bears... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Rushing attack hasn't been able to produce at all. And even if they go to their what they were doing week one, week two, and the, the Packers' run rush defense isn't very good. It's not like a, a great group, but it's still, I think, is going to be too much for the Spares um, rushing a tank to, to actually take advantage of. Um, we don't even know who's really starting on this offensive line as of late. And look, Eric Cush is the guy they brought in. I wonder if he's in the mix for even having some playing time. I doubt it, but we don't even know who's at right tackle at this point. And I just don't see it getting any better in a primetime matchup against the Packers, so I'll have to give it to them. All right. Simple enough. Uh, for me, the Bears passing attack uh, versus the Packers pass defense. Uh, Green Bay, they're 13th against the pass. They only allow about 230 yards per game through the air. They don't really get a lot of interceptions, though. They do allow the sixth highest pass rating this season at 102. Uh, but still, it's the Bears passing attack. It doesn't matter who's under center. Uh, it's going to be anemic. Uh, unless Mitch provides this huge boost, uh, that would be a, a pleasant surprise. I just don't see it happening. So, even if it was the 30th ranked pass defense, I think that defense would get the edge. So it's pretty simple uh, to determine the Packers as uh, those who have the edge here in this matchup. So Green Bay, uh, I don't need to harp on the Bears passing woes too much. We all know. Switching over to defense, I have the Bears run defense versus the Packers run offense. Uh, man, I wish I know if Akeem Hicks is playing or not. That would really kind of help me sway, but I'll give it to the Bears' run defense. They did a good job against two prolific and different running backs in the last two games, uh, both Henry as well as Cook, uh, and they'll have to go up against, like I said, that dual-back threat, Nara Jones and Jamal Adams, again, combined over 100 yards per game on the ground. They averaged about 4.5 yards per carry as well. Uh, over their last three games, though, the Bears' defense has been the sixth-best run defense in the NFL, and Again, Akeem Hicks is the biggest variable here to kind of keep in mind with his health. Uh, as we saw that huge stark contrast as soon as he went out with that hamstring injury against the Vikings. But uh, I'll give it to the Bears' run defense, and I've been hesitant to get a little confidence in them over the last month or so. But uh, I'll give them the edge in this one. Maybe Roquan Smith's play right now is uh, a big deciding factor in that one for us too. But, Nick, how about you? Bears passing defense uh, versus Aaron Rodgers and that passing attack. Yeah, it's a tough one, Will, and what I think really factors into who's going to be the, the winner in this matchup is what this Bears offense can do because the Bears defense can do things, you know, do some great things in certain drives for a majority of the game, but at some point, you know, the other offense is going to get a few, few touchdowns or just a few efficient drives there, and I just, it's the Bears and Packers, Well, We've seen this story one too many times where the Bears just can't do really anything, the defense is out there for too long, and Aaron Rodgers finds a way. And I've been hurt too many times in the past from that number 12, that man. And so I, I can't – I, I want to give it to the Bears. I really do because I think they do actually match up really well. We just talked about Devontae Adams is the guy. And then you want to make the other guys be 
the ones that beat you. But uh, even if the Bears do that, I still think Aaron Rodgers will have will have enough to win this, get the edge here in this matchup. So I'll give it to the Packers. Uh, the Bear, it's going to be competitive, but it's all going to see. It's all going to weigh on what the Bears' offense can really do in this matchup, and not not projecting that to be very good. So I'll give it to the Packers. All right, switching into uh, now the final portion of our show. It's time to hand out some predictions and wrap things up. So go ahead and beginning with our weekly bold predictions. Nick, where's your mind at? What's going to be your bold prediction that's going to lead to your MVB choice, which is going to lead to your final score outcome? I can't wait. You know what? This So it's so funny that you, you put that all into uh, sequence there, Will, because this time I made it none are correlated. It's bold prediction this I, again, I'm not really expecting this to happen, but it's bold, right? That's what the whole that's what this segment's for. But I say that Montgomery, David Montgomery, will have two rushing touchdowns in this game. The Bears have two all season: one from David Montgomery and one from Nick Foles, and that would be the second time in David Montgomery's career that he would have done that. Last time was against the the Eagles last year, and the last four games, just to kind of you know go the opposite way, the last four games, Packers have given up three rushing touchdowns. Those three rushing touchdowns have come against the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. So you, you can see both sides to it, but bold prediction, David Montgomery finds the end zone rushing twice. So wait, we only have two rushing touchdowns on the year, and Foles has one? So mm-hmm. Nick Foles has 50% of our rushing touchdowns for the season? That is correct. Wow, that's a stat that <laughs> I never wanted to hear in my entire lifetime. Thank you. Uh, that's a bold stat in itself. Uh, for me, uh, I went with a defensive bold prediction. I have the Bears uh, picking Aaron Rodgers off three times, which will, of course, be the most uh, in a single game for him this year. His current high was two against the Buccaneers. Uh, the Bears' defense, as we know, they haven't been super advantageous of getting those takeaways, and uh, if they want a chance to win this game, they're going to need it. Uh, so I think it's fairly damn bold to say that the Bears will pick off Aaron Rodgers three times, which is why it's going to be uh, my bold prediction for the week uh so nick moving into uh the next segment here who's going to be your mvb prediction at uh for this sunday night matchup yeah so i think with if i was the green bay packers and obviously you're going to put Devontae adams in the slot but i think they're going to try and test dalen johnson and I, I'm just going to predict that he's going to be the MVP in this game and really holding his own when Devontae Adams or whatever receivers on that side is going up against him. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where the Packers are going to have to throw the ball to, to get yards. And when it all comes down to it, Jalen Johnson is going to have a, you know, a good first game against the Packers, which would be encouraging because, again, we talked about it earlier in the show. He's been wanting to go against Devontae Adams for a very long time he has that opportunity this sunday night but i think he will be the mvb in this game jalen johnson i like it he was on my short list uh for mvp choices for mostly the same reasons as you i think the easy one nick that i'm not going to do this week although i think it would be three weeks in a row for me which is why i'm uh steering away would be roquan smith uh just with his level of play i think that's an easy blanket statement each and every week i will stick with defense though i, I think it's smart that we're both staying with defense just considering who the heck could even be an MVB in offense right now? I'm going to go with Khalil Mack. Uh, I want to see him do to Aaron Rodgers what he did in his Chicago Bears debut. Uh, coming off a bye, maybe he's a little bit more rested. And he's been, you know, he's been good this year, and we just need him to be great or exceptional. And I would love to see uh, a standout performance here, you know, multiple sacks, turnovers, whatever it needs to be. But Khalil Mack changing the game. 
uh, would be a, a big reason why he'd be the MVB. And he, he tends to play better in some of these bigger moments, uh, whether it be prime time, whether it be going up against some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And we have a combination of both here, and hopefully it's a recipe for success. So I want to see a big game out of Mac, and uh, fingers crossed he can be our MVB when it's all said and done. So, Nick, all we have to do now is a couple things. Uh, we have to figure out who's going to win or at least predict who's going to win. I'm still one game behind you. Uh, I'm going to say this won't be the week where I try to catch up, um, but I can go first if you'd like me to as well. Yeah, Will, what, what do you got happening in the Sunday night game? Not a lot. Good for us. <laughs> uh, I have the the Packers winning here. Uh, they Again, they average over 30 points per game. Obviously, I don't think they're going to get that against this Bears defense. Uh, I'm going to give them 24, though, 24 points, and the Bears are only going to score 15. Uh, how they get 15, eh, we'll figure it out when we get there. But uh, for the Bears this season, it's been tough sledding, uh, scoring points. Uh, I know for Green Bay, they've held a couple people to like 16 or 17 this season. I think 15 would be the new uh, season low for that defense. And going up against this Bears offense, it seems like the perfect time for them. So uh, Mitch comes back, I think, we all think. Maybe he provides a spark, may not be enough. Uh, not enough firepower, not enough offensive line assistance for us, and who the heck knows what the game plan is going to look like. So defense will do their part. Offense won't help. Same story, different week, and that's the 2020 Chicago Bears season. How about you, Nick? Who do you have winning this game and why? Yeah, I have to go with the Packers as well, Will. I think, again, it's a primetime matchup. You don't even know who actually is the quarterback going into this one. That's never a good situation to be in, Will, no matter what what quarterbacks you have there as your options. So I think the score will be 20 to 10 Packers. Uh, look, it's well under their, their average um, that they're scoring right now, the Packers, but the bears offense hasn't shown that they can even score 20 points. They actually, I think average 19 points something per game. And so, you know, we've seen those, we, we've seen them get a one point win against Tampa Bay, but that has it's ever since that game, it's been a down downward trend really for this bears team. And, I think that, again, the Packers just have a little bit too much at the end there because the defense has done everything they could all game, and the offense just doesn't give them a little, just enough. So 20-10 Packers, and it'll be the fifth straight loss for the Bears and put us deeper, deeper into this dark hole that we're in already. So 20-10 Packers. Yep, 20 is enough. More than enough uh, going up against, uh, again, uh, us, unfortunately. Uh, how confident are you in this game? Obviously, we both had them losing, uh, so we're going to be south of five, but where's your confidence meter? Yeah, I have it around a 3.7. I just made that number on, on the spot here, but just for all the reasons I said, uh, primetime matchup, Aaron Rod, like all these, and how the Bears have been playing, like they've been awful coming off the bye week. I think they're in the last couple of years, 0 oh 6. Uh, coming off the bye the last couple of years. So they're they're not very good when they get more time to remember what Matt Nagy was saying, self-scout. And there's a lot to self-scout about to try to fix this offense. You can't do that in a bye week. You can't even do that in a season. So um, I'm not very confident in this game, what the Bears can do. But, hey, prove me, please prove me wrong. That would be a great Sunday night, you know, uh, I guess gift. It's a holiday season, right? Just a gift to have on a Sunday night going into a, a hopeful Monday victory. Yeah, that, that would be so nice. Um, I put down, I, I did have a number uh, that I didn't just pull out of thin air. I had a 3.5 uh, down. So very close, very close. Uh, again, I don't think we need to you know, 
reharp on everything uh, as to why uh, I think the whole show kind of goes in one direction here. So, yeah, I uh, don't think the Bears will, will have enough here uh, to kind of get it done. Uh, Nick, instead of like a final thought as we wrap up, how about we just do something a little different since well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. A lot of people listening may be on Thanksgiving. What's one thing on this Bears team that you're thankful for? And then we can wrap up the show with that. Ooh, one thing that I'm thankful for with this Bears team, it's got you have to look on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I think that's just the most the most obvious thing right now. And you know, I am thankful for I'll go with Roquan Smith, a guy that uh, you know, even starting the season a little shaky, right? But we've seen the caliber of player that that he is and that he has the potential to play at being an, a former number eight overall pick in the twenty eighteen NFL draft. He's elite. He's an elite inside linebacker who can cover, run downhill, who I think has more potential when you put him on a blitz to go get some sacks, and Chuck Pagano needs to find that. But I am thankful for him because there's no doubt the Bears are going to extend him and give him a long-term contract and just be that 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 piece, that centerpiece in the middle of this defense that can go out and you know what to expect from him. So I'm thankful for Roquan Smith because when he is playing at this elite level, this Bears defense it's tough to do anything on them, or even this season. But when he's playing the way he is, it it makes things real, real tough. You know, I was thinking about using like a big name. I'm gonna go small. I'm gonna go. I'm thankful for Brent Urban, uh, some small guy who we didn't we didn't talk a lot about throughout the off season. He was here towards the end of last year. Uh, did do a decent job in his you know uh, spot uh, situations. Good role player, and that role expanded this year, and he was able to live up to it. And I think in terms of value, he is one of the more uh, you know valuable players on this team, just in terms of what they're paying him and what they're getting out of him. And when on the defense, when you have some of, well, actually this whole team, but on defense specifically, uh, when you have number ninety-four, which is the complete opposite, uh, I think it does put in perspective. You know, some of these smaller players who don't get all the recognition, all the fame, um, but they do a good job. They are you know tremendous assets to this team and. I'm thankful we have him. I mean, we had to find a way to replace like a Nick Williams type last year. And I think, I think we did a pretty good job here uh, with Brent. So very thankful that we have him here on this team as well. But I want to thank everyone here who uh, listened to this week's preview episode. Please take some time to enjoy Thanksgiving here. If you're in the United States uh, at the same time, we're thankful for each and every one of you for listening, whether it's here on YouTube, uh, anywhere on a live stream service, or just listening to this podcast. And if you appreciate us and you're thankful, uh, maybe this is the perfect time to rate or review our show on Apple Podcasts. It does help us reach more Bears fans just like you. And, of course, we're ever grateful uh, for any of those reviews that do come in. So we'll be back soon, uh, as soon as that final whistle blows on Sunday night. Hopefully uh, the Bears give us, again, something to be thankful for. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.